Hello, and welcome to this DerivSource podcast. I'm Julia Schieffer, the founder and editor of DerivSource.com. We've covered cybersecurity in the past on DerivSource and specifically looked at how the financial industry should be focusing on preparing a response to cyber attacks as such attacks are on the rise. In this podcast, we dive a little deeper into what a cybersecurity plan should look like for financial institutions. And with me, I have Tom Levin, Managing Director and Lead of the Technology Consulting Practice in the UK at ProTivity. Welcome to the podcast, Tom. Thank you, Julia. So, Tom, start by telling me a little bit about what a preparation response plan should look like and what the main elements are of such a plan. Sure. I would summarize it in the following ways. Typically, nowadays, one of the more common ways of structuring a response plan is to think about six things. Firstly, preparation. Secondly, identification. Thirdly, containment. Fourthly, eradication. Fifth, recovery. And then finally, lessons learned. And really, that structure is intended to make sure that organizations that are preparing their response plans are really thinking about everything they need to do before, during, and after um, an attack that impacts them. In your paper, you talk about crown jewels. Can you explain what they mean and why they are very important in cybersecurity plans for financial services? Picking up on crown jewels, I think this is really important when you think about what your response plan looks like and really what your overall security protection measures look like. Fundamentally, it's all about understanding what's most important to you as a business. What are the targets that bad actors would go after? What would have the most impact if it were to happen? So the way that we think about these crown jewels is by thinking about actually what are those risk scenarios that we're most worried about? And what are the technology and or data assets that are related to those risk scenarios? So for example, in a, in a trading organization, you know, you talk to the front office, they would be very worried, for example, if they lost their risk systems that gave them the ability to manage and monitor their risk and positions during the course of the trading day. If they lose those systems, then suddenly they're blind and there's, you know, potential huge risk or for the missed opportunities or making the wrong decisions. So if I'm a bad actor trying to do bad things, I might want to target those most risky systems. And really, that by understanding the, the crown jewels, it means that we can prioritize our security investments in the right way, and we can put our, our, our strongest protection measures around those systems that are most important to the business and around the data that's most important to the organization as well. And that goes just as much with response plans. You know, we, we need to be very much focused on our most risky systems, our, our crown jewels, when it comes to how we respond and how well rehearsed we are at those responses. Um, because ultimately, you know, if, if something goes wrong with those systems, we need to be responding quickly and effectively to limit the possibility of damage. So who is generally in charge of instigating and executing a cybersecurity response plan? Is this role changing with the increase in cyber attacks? Um, so it does vary, and, and it is changing, I think, certainly from what we see. So typically, first things, firstly, there, there should always be a team that's responsible for initiating a response. You know, one, one of the common terms for that team is a cybersecurity incident response team or a CSERT. Um, now, in, in organizations where it's really treated uh, properly, those teams will have the authority to initiate 
a response and to escalate uh, where needed. Um, what I've also seen is that through the course of escalation, if something really serious does happen, there can be a, a crisis management team that is uh, ready and um, invoked to make really important decisions if the incident is looking like it's going to have significant impact to the organization or at least need to be dealt with with that level of priority. And those crisis management teams, once again, the chairmanship and makeup of those teams does vary. But the most important thing is that they have the right representation and the right authority to make decisions quickly. Um, so, for example, I've seen the head of business continuity um, across a, a company be in that sort of chairmanship role. I've also seen chief operating officers and CISOs as well within those roles that it's less about the person that's at the chair. It's more about the business giving that forum the authority to make quick and impactful decisions to minimize the impact of any cybersecurity attacks that might happen. Do you see a need for hiring individuals with cybersecurity experience increasing? No, there's absolutely a focus on it and, and hiring is included within that. So you know, certainly within financial services firms, there's been a lot of hiring activity to make sure that the capability is available in-house to advise the executive team and the board around any cybersecurity protection measures that need to be taken and responses that need to be taken if, uh, if an incident impacts them. So, so certainly that does happen. However, if a cybersecurity incident does occur and a response is invoked and initiated, it really does need decision makers across the business to be involved in, in that response activity. Partly because you know, we, we can't think of cybersecurity as an isolated sort of security or IT um, issue. Um, ultimately, it's going to impact the business if the worst happens. And therefore, that's why we need real business leaders involved in response activities so they can make the decisions that are necessary and make them quickly, but also so that they can manage things like communication flows, which are really, really critical to make sure that people know what they can say, know what they can do, and they know when they can say it and when they can do it in order to manage a response most effectively. How has the risk of cyber attacks become more real for financial institutions today? Sure. I, I think there's a couple of things. One is the level of sophistication of the cyber attackers that are impacting financial institutions today is increasing hugely. And these are smart people. And they are well-run, uh, well-funded, uh, very organized organizations that are, that are trying to perform these attacks. The, the situation nowadays is that there is money to be made from performing cyber attacks. And you know, that is in itself driving a lot of organizations and individuals to, to perpetrate this type of crime. So that's one side of it, the increasing sophistication of the attackers that we're trying to defend against. Another side of it, which I think is very important as well, is the level of customer expectation is increasing accordingly as well. Customers are very much expecting organizations they do business with to safeguard their data, to provide the services that they committed to provide. And as a result of that, really, it's you know, the cybersecurity question is one that is more and more commonly asked as customers look to do business with financial institutions. I think the combination of those two things and the realization and recognition internally that cybersecurity is a really you know, important issue that businesses need to focus on 
is what is making it uh, it really real uh, for financial institutions today. And finally, Tom, what advice would you give to firms looking to bolster their defenses and response plans in 2017? Is there anything in particular that you would advise they focus on? So there's a few things I would advise companies to do, um, and this is you know a lot of what we're helping our clients with at the moment. So firstly, do make sure that you understand your crown jewels, as we called them earlier. Understand and agree what you truly care about. That's what it's all about. Understand the business risk scenarios you're most worried about and focus your defenses and response plans there. You have to start somewhere and so focus on the things that really matter to your organization. Secondly, if you don't have a response plan, you know, put one in place. There really isn't an excuse now. We need to be ready for these things to happen. We are in an age when it's a matter of when, not if. With the level of sophistication of attackers out there at the moment, if they really are minded to impact your organization, they will find a way. And so we need to be very much ready for that. If you do have response plans in place, make sure that you review them regularly. Reflect on whether they're sufficient across the steps that we outlined earlier in this uh, this interview. Um, and if they're not, then do something about it quickly. And as much as we can get to a place where our response plans are operating like a well-oiled machine, um, all the better. And you know, in order to do that, not only do you need a rigorous response plan, but you also need to rehearse those response plans regularly uh, with all of the right stakeholders involved within your organization to make sure that you're ready to respond should the worst occur. Secondly, within, or I should say fourthly at this point, within those response plans, do make sure that you've got sponsorship from senior leadership within the organization. Um, If you don't, then it's really critical that you make sure that that does happen. Um, Ultimately, you need, as an organization, you need to have a, a team that is able to make decisions quickly when it comes to responding to cybersecurity incidents should they occur. And then finally, I would say just also make sure that within your response plans, you have quite well thought out communication protocols. Uh, I do see very commonly when cyber incidents occur within financial institutions, a a breakdown of communications as people aren't quite sure what they can say, you know, whether it's internally to to other parts of the business or externally to customers or, or even regulators and when they can say it. And it's really, really important that those protocols are established so that if and when something does occur, as I say previously, you can manage the message effectively at the right time and with the right parties. I would say that those organizations that respond well to cybersecurity incidents really do stand above those organizations that don't. And, you know, there's been some research that's been done over the years and, you know, even customers um, and you know other parties that rely on financial institutions do say that they look a lot more favorably on organizations that can respond decisively and effectively should the worst occur. And I think really that's why instant response plans and their level of depth and their level of testedness, it really is important and can make a big difference to your organizations. That's great advice to leave our audience with and something to think about. Thank you for joining us today, Tom, and sharing your expertise. Listeners, you can find more on this topic in a recently reported DerivSource article on cyber risk and some related links, including a link to the paper we mentioned on our show notes page. 
Thank you for listening. Join us next time.